praise the Lord. What an awesome thing to be able to have him through trials, tests, difficulties. But when you really want him, is when you're laying there. Your life's leaving. And you can look up and say, Oh, wow. That's what you're doing. Hallelujah. I want him every day of my life, but I sure want him then. God bless you. Certainly glad to be here today. Appreciate the presence of the Lord. Appreciate the Lord made His grace. Let's turn today, if you would, to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. We certainly love, appreciated our sister Brown. We're going to miss her. Well, glad the Lord's made a way for us that we can be able to gather again shortly. Also, Brother Josh, I'm sure most of you know it, is passing of his brother and Sister-in-law, we certainly want to continue. Remember them in prayer. God would just comfort their hearts and help them as well. Ruth chapter 2, verse 11. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. And the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord. For thou hast comforted me, for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. Grace and Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come hither. You understand the Lord Jesus said the same thing to us. At mealtime, you don't have to eat out of them denominational garbage cans. Come to my table. At mealtime, come hither. Eat of the bread, dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. And he reached her parched corn. And she did eat and was sufficed and left. We could say amen and be dismissed. And we'd say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's bow our heads together. How many would like to be remembered today before the Lord? God bless you. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful, Father, that... You have made a way for us. 
not only to live in this life, but when this life is over. Down through the years, I've read the last words of many people, what they had to say before death. Kings, potentates, movie stars, rich people, and then saints. We're so grateful that we have a hope that goes beyond just this life. If it was me, I would choose to serve you in this life, even if there wasn't a heaven. You've been so good to me. You give me peace, bring me healing, done so many wonderful things. But this is just the beginning of what awaits us. So Lord, we pray that you would help us today. May we be benefited by our gathering together today. Father, we pray that you would comfort each heart that needs comforting, heal those that are sick, bring the Holy Ghost to those who need to be filled. Whatever we have need of here today, not only in this visible audience, but we know the invisible audience is many times larger than this. May the Spirit of God minister to all the needs of your children today, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We resume our story of redemption. The year is 1312 B.C. You wouldn't think that out of such a sad setting, anything could ever come out of it that would be even close to normal, much less beyond normal. She has come and left her father, her mother, her kindred, everything that she knew. And now her first day out in the field, grace has overwhelmed her. She has already happed upon the right place at the right time. And something is in the making. This was in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. This man that is about to show her such favor and kindness. He himself knew what it was like to be looked down upon. For his mother was one that was not of high reputation. And if there's anybody that can really be able to testify the greatness of God, it's people who's experienced it themselves. People that are always critical and self-righteous and, you know, that holier-than-thou thing, I wonder how much grace they've ever even known. But if you've experienced grace, you know what it's like. She has now moved into this stage of grace to where that something is happening within her. I'm sure that each of you could be able to relate in your own experience to the way that Ruth is now feeling. Because she went out naturally looking for sustenance, looking for a way to live, a way to be able to provide for herself and for her mother or her mother-in-law. 
And what is happening is the fountains of mercy and grace is open to this woman within a few hours in such an overwhelming way, she's probably staggering to comprehend what is happening. Notice this verse 13 again, and then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted. Now notice what's going on with what this man is doing. He's bringing comfort, which is calming her worries, calming her fears. So he has comforted her, for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid. And the word friendly, as we looked at last Sunday, is inner man, mind, heart, the inner part, the soul, as the seat of emotions and passions. So she didn't say this about Naomi. We have no record that she actually said this about her husband. But yet this man has touched her in a way that more than likely she's never been touched before. And she said, you've been friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. Now to her, one of the greatest honors that she could even think about would be to be called one of his handmaids. But notice a real recipient of grace does not get a little bit of grace and with it a whole lot of arrogance and a whole lot of pride. I think the more grace we get, the more it should humble us which means all of us should be pretty humble people. Because I don't know about you, I need it every day of my life. I need strength, I need courage, don't you? From the Lord. But I want you to see that she is a, a real type of the Gentile bride. She doesn't get a little, and then once she gets that little, she stops working, she stops laboring, she stops trying, She stops being sincere. She no longer goes to church. She no longer prays, reads her Bible. She no longer feels the need to be sincere before God. No, that's not a real Gentile bride. So she's received and she is thankful. But what she has in mind is she doesn't want this grace to be cut off after just a little bit. Now, whether or not she has the broader vision, the writer of the book of Ruth does not really let us know. But to me, when I read this, I see that she is grateful for what she has. But she aspires to more. But yet, in her humility, she thinks she could not even be worthy to be called a handmaiden. So I don't believe at this stage of the journey that she actually has marriage in mind, though it will come. Notice verse 14. And Boaz said unto her, at mealtime come thou hither. Now already he is exalting her above the rest 
of the gleaners. Now, will you agree with me today that this is his prerogative? He can do this if he desires. Anybody here gonna call him cool or mean? Cannot he do what he wishes to with his own? Right? So, now watch, he's elevating her. She was privileged thus far. Now her privileges are going to be extended into the private room where Boaz and his employees would work. Now remember, she's not an employee of Boaz. She is simply a gleaner. She has a gleaner's right, a widow's right to be able to glean. The law gave them that right. She had no right to enter into this private building which was set up for Boaz, for his reapers, his handmaidens, all of that. They worked for him. So Boaz, again, extends her more grace than the other gleaners in the field. Now, for the historians who've been there and mapped out the size of these fields of Boaz, one was barley and the other was wheat. One runs successively right into the harvest of the other. They say that probably according to the size and the acreage of the field, there would have been from two to 300 gleaners, gleaners alone. Not people that are reaping, not handmaids that are working for Boaz. This is just gleaners. Now these are people that are trying to pick up a living to be able to make a provision to eat. So there's 200, we'll say, that seem like are in the same category of Ruth. But yet he selects one. Amen. Me. Me. So he comes to her, now notice it's not her approaching him and asking him, can I eat at your table? Can I go into that special house? No, she would have never done that because she never deemed herself special. Most special people don't. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. Now remember, she was so poor, she probably didn't even bring lunch. She couldn't afford none. Some of y'all probably remember that in your school days. I sure remember. My mama wanted a mother's ring. Of course, she thought she'd never be able to get one. Some of y'all know what that is? That was the birthstones of all your children in one ring. Well, they give me lunch money. But I wanted my mama to have that ring. So I went without my lunch day after day after day after day, week after week to buy my mama that ring. Why? I loved her. She had a special place in my heart. You understand that feeling, don't you? Now here Ruth had no lunch money. She had no lunch. But Boaz said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. 
when it comes lunchtime, I want you to come in the house and sit down. Now, can you imagine her? She comes in and she moves over in the corner and she's just saying, what am I doing here? I don't deserve this. I feel, I feel so out of place. I can, I'm getting up and going out. I, I, cannot, I cannot stay here. Now he says, I want you to come at mealtime and I want you to eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. Now the vinegar is a sour beverage composed of vinegar, wine vinegar or sour wine mixed with oil. A very refreshing drink, sounds sickening to me, but a very refreshing drink which is still a favorite beverage in the East. And they say when you drink this and you mix it with the food, that it produces this cooling sensation in the body. So he wanted her to be refreshed from her labor. I'm so glad sometimes that he just kind of calls us into a little special place and said, I see you've been going through a lot. I see you've been carrying a whole lot of I just wanted you to sit down by me and I could give you just a little bit of a reprieve. No pain for the next few days. No trouble. No, you know, nothing really, really big. I just wanted you to have something. How many knows what I'm talking about? Don't it feel so good? Don't it feel so good? When he just gives you a little something and you just feel so refreshed. You know, you, you know, you know, it ain't gonna last, but boy, it sure is good when it's there. Oh my. And she sat beside the reapers. Now, it's not that they would have sat in a line and it wasn't that she just plopped herself right down the middle and said, all right, here I am. Give me my part. But would have sat over apart from them on the other side. But she must have been setting close enough that Boaz, the scripture says, reached her some parched corn. Now, the parched corn, this is actually barley, but they call the little seed part corn. Even though it was not our corn, you're thinking corn, it was not our corn, but they call that part corn. They call the wheat corn the same way. So this was the new barley, and they would roast it over an open fire, and then it would kind of parch it a little bit. So here she's sitting in the shade, drinking this refreshing drink, and he reaches over and hands her some parched corn, straight from the Lord of the harvest himself. You talking about amazing grace. Now he gives her more than what she needs. I love the character of Ruth. It's, it's being displayed in every one of these verses when you take it apart bit by bit and see what a recipient of God's mercy that she was. Verse 15, and when she was risen up to glean, now she eats, and she sufficed, but she had more 
than what she needed. But she was not a waster. She was not a lazy gleaner. And she was not a person to take advantage of kindness and generosity. Now watch what happens. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men. Now we know that she was a relatively young woman. So Boaz gives instruction to the young men. Let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. Now they're going through the harvesters and they're going through and cutting, cutting, cutting. Then others are coming in behind them. Each one has an assigned task. The harvesters are going through and cutting. They got their backs bent over like this and they're cutting as much as they can cut. Then they are laying it down. Then there will come others behind them and they will stand it up on its end and they will take several of the strands of the barley and tie it around. Then there's others that will come by and they will pick it up. Way back here on the end of the process, the gleaners come through after that. They're in the way. You don't want them up here because whatever's on the ground, they can pick it up. So you don't want them up there while all this is on the ground. Unless, of course, it's somebody of the character of Ruth. She will only take her part. God's people are honest people. Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. Now here she's getting right up with what is supposed to be the possession of the Lord of the harvest. Watch this. And reproach her not. Now I want you to drop this and I do not want you to look at her and say, hey, you keep your mouth shut. You drop it, and I mean drop a bunch of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to leave handfuls. Now watch what she's doing. The gleaners might walk for 10, 15 feet. And they'd go through and and they'd have to pick up one little grain and then another little grain. And the grains are mixed among the chaff. And the grains are ones that had been knocked down as they were coming through and hitting it hard. Now remember that they're cutting this down, it's maybe this tall, and they're cutting it down and they're having it kind of rough. So as they come through, then they're laying it down. Then the reapers are coming in and they're taking every stalk that they can get their hands on. So there might be a grain there and then you'd move another five feet and there'd be one there and then over there three feet and there's another one. But he said, I want you to treat her different than all the rest of them. You will agree with me, this is his. He can do with it what he wants. So can the Lord God of heaven. If he picks out a people before the foundation of the world and says, they're my people. They're special people. They're elect. Gene of my genes, blood of my blood, life of my life. Is there anybody saying, going to stand your day and tell me that God's being mean by doing such? It's his grace. If he wants to give this one more than the other, it's up to him, is it not? 
Oh, my. Now, notice what he says in verse 16. And let also some of the handfuls of purpose. Let fall also some of the handfuls. Now, notice, not one little grain, one little grain, another little grain, but I want you to take big handfuls and just drop it down, but don't let her see you doing it. Because you know how she is, she won't want to take it. But it's got her name wrote all over it. Now remember, she's not there when he's telling them this. She has gone up and went back out. Why? She was an industrious believer. She's got up and she's went right back. Hey, it's time to work. You see, those who think that grace and works are opposite need to read and reread and reread and reread the book of Ruth until you realize grace and works go hand in hand together. Now, could not Boaz have given her an ephah of barley? Could not he given her two ephahs if that's what he wanted? Sure, he could have. But he is trying this woman. This woman's character is under observation, and he wants to observe her when she doesn't know he is. All of us are on our best behavior when everybody's looking at us. But the Lord wants a bride that is her very best even when she's by herself. When brothers are all alone and they've got access to everything on the internet, but they will look at nothing other than what the Lord would if he himself was standing right there by them holding their phone. Well, come on now. That's right, that's the kind of people he wants. Now he said, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. Isn't it amazing that he's mentioning to these guys uh, over and over again that they are not to rebuke Ruth. Wonder why? This is out of the ordinary. This is what they would normally do. Anybody that would sneak up behind them and sneak more than their portion, they were trained to rebuke them. But he said, she's special. Praise be to God. Now, whenever you reap, I want you to just go along and just kind of do it this way. Then walk a little further. Just keep on going. And drop it right in front of her pass. Understand me? Yes, sir. This is mine, right? Right. I'm the Lord of the harvest, right? Right. Am I right? You're right, sir. Is he right? If he wants to drop extra grace to the bride, is you all right with that? Glory. Hallelujah. So the reapers are told to provide something extra. Now I want you to drop it, and I also want you to leave it, that she can glean it. So as she's going on, watch how Brother Brandon picks this up in Job in 1955. Then he went over and commissioned and said, now when you're tired, come over and drink out of the bucket. 
I like that, don't you? He says, then he commanded the young man that was going forth with the sickles. Now let her glean anywhere she wants to. And every once in a while, drop just a little handful on purpose. I like that. A little handful on purpose. A little old-fashioned revival that stirs up the water a little bit. I mean, it needs a handful like that every now and then. A little old-fashioned revival that stirs up the water a little bit. Drop a little on purpose. Don't you like to find those little handfuls along the road? My, the promises of God and just kind of jerks you up a little bit. I don't know about you, I need a little bit of jerking every now and then. I need a little bit of jerking out of the normal, see, that we get into to where the Spirit of God drops a little bit of handful on purpose and kind of stirs you up a little. Oh my, the Lord of the harvest has commanded. I don't know who the fool is going to be that's going to argue with him. And that's what you are if you do. Notice this in Redeemer and Redemption. He says, then he said to the reapers, he said, you see that young lady that's right behind you? Yes. Let the gleaning be heavy. Let the gleaning be heavy. In other words, overload her. And every once in a while, drop a handful on purpose. He says, I love those handfuls, don't you? Amen. Gleaning behind the reapers, drop a handful on purpose that she could get it. Oh, how Ruth felt when she grabbed a whole handful. You know how you feel, don't you? When the mercy of God extends to you in such a way, my goodness, not whenever you're all good, not when you're 100% and you read your Bible every day, you're praying, you're doing everything you know to do. Man, your record is just, I mean, you're right on it every time. Oh, that's grace. That's the mercy of God. But what about when you mess up? What about when you get a little bit lazy? What about whenever we get slothful and we say, well, you know what, I don't know. And then the grace of God drops something. You ever had him to drop it? And you is at your most unworthy spot in your walk with God. Praise God. I love the way he says it. The reaper turned around and said, it's all right. She needed a little encouragement. It's all right. It's for you. But sir, you, you dropped all it. No, that's yours. But sir, that's too much. The Lord of the harvest didn't think it was. I'm doing exactly what he told me to do. I don't know about telling you, sometimes we, I leave out of this place, I don't know how you feel. I leave out of here sometimes and I'm saying, he didn't drop me a handful, it was a whole uke load. You know what a uke is, don't you? Them great big old trucks that haul dirt and the tires are about that tall. That's what they used to build roads with. You ever leave out and you think, man, I'm gonna have to make three loads between now and Wednesday to haul all this goodness and mercy out of here. He's been so good to me today. He gave me this and he gave me that and he gave me something else. Why? Because he knew I needed it. Oh, he said, when God gives us old-fashioned Pouring out of the Holy Spirit a handful. Do it on purpose. 
I don't mind if they do it right here this morning. What about some of you? Notice the words a little different, the kinsman redeemer. Then he went to the young men, to the others, and he said, now, she's gleaning for life. And I want you, reapers, you angels. In other words, that's what they are. I want you angels, you reapers, every once in a while to drop a handful on purpose. Oh my, he says, don't let it be all so tiresome for her. But every once in a while, let her hear a good message. Let a good power of the Holy Spirit cover over her once in a while. Thank you, Lord, to let her know that I'm still there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Do some kind of a healing amongst her. Show some kind of a sign or a wonder. Well, praise the Lord. You mean the angels of the Lord will come among us and show us some kind of sign or a wonder? Well, what kind of people would we be if we said, well, I don't believe in signs and I don't believe in wonders and I don't want no signs and I don't wonder wonder. You're rejecting your handful from God. Well, praise the Lord. Let me just testify to you today. The last three days, I have had the best days with these old feet right here than I've had in three months. What was it? Handfuls on purpose. Oh, glory to God. Oh, brother, darling, the devil may fight you tomorrow. He may do it, but he's still my healer. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for the angel of the Lord to through our neighborhood and bring healing and deliverance. God has commissioned the angels to do so and all hell will not stop them. Hallelujah. Hand falls on purpose. Praise the Lord. Do some kind of a healing amongst her. Show some kind of sign of a wonder that she'll know that I'm in her midst, that's it. Don't you like to find them handfuls? I hope we find some this morning. Don't you a handful of fresh barley. The Lord do something like that he used to do. Something that we know he does. Something we know, Brother John, that he does. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's the only one that can drop the handful. I command the angels to go down to that meeting this morning. I want them to do a certain, certain thing. I've commanded them and they'll do it. I wonder what he's commanded for us today. Praise God. I wonder what he's commanded for you and you and you and you brothers and sisters. Those of you that are streaming, what has the Lord God commanded for you? Notice verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until even. Oh. Now she's got one dispensation, one dispersing of grace after another, after another, after another, and she doesn't after lunch just go home and say, well, I'm saved. This is it. I have arrived. But she goes right back to the field and she works right up till even time. 
from daylight to dark. Now she's not trying to pay for her salvation. She's not trying to buy grace. We can never do that, but she's expressing her appreciation for the grace that has been administered to us. Look at what an instance and a display of diligence and such an attitude to work, constantly attending her responsibility from morning till night. Ruth was not a lazy gleaner. Ma, every ear, think of it, the way she looked at this, Every grain. How does she pick it up? Grain by grain by grain. How do we come closer to God? One truth after another. And people may, well, look at that one truth. Look at that one truth. Take that one truth. Hold it in your arm like this. Then reach down and pick up another truth. And then another truth. And another truth. And another truth. And you know what? Them little simple truths that seem like they wouldn't amount to much. Within a few hours, you got a whole bundle in your arm. Don't despise the day of small things. But people want a big bundle at one time. That's not the way God does it. He reveals it to us. A whole corn of wheat at a time. Another and another and another and another. And she feels like she must work until the evening light. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned. Now after work, she's still working. Now remember it's in this stage where the husk or the shuck is still around it. So they had to take it by one hand and hold it and then she would start beating, beating, beating. Why? There's no need in carrying all that extra stuff all the way back to the house. Get rid of it. It's just going to slow you down. It's extra baggage. You don't need it for the rapture anyhow. So she starts beating it and there she beats and beats after she's worked all day now and she continues on in the evening time separating the seed from the shuck. Praise be to God. Keep on beating, little Ruth. That's where we are. And beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. An ephah of barley. Now, an ephah of barley was about seven gallons and a half. I'll tell you what, she had a pretty good day, don't you think? Seven gallons and a half an ephah of barley. Now this seven and a half gallons would have actually taken care of her and her mother, which she called her mother, her and her mother for five dispensations or five days. Five is the number of grace. Now she works and she works and then she comes and she beats it out. Oh my, quite a day for they Now remember, this is her first day. Wonder what Naomi is doing at home. Ruth did not have a cell phone, an iPad, a droid, 
anything like that to be able to let Naomi know, hey, I got this job. Hey, this is good. This is good. How's this? Everything's good. You know, every 15 minutes giving her an update. She has no idea where her daughter is. She has no idea that she find favor in somebody's sight. Was she working? What, did, did somebody overwhelm her? Did they, did they rock, knock her in the head with a rock because she was a Moabitess? Naomi is in darkness while the light is shining on Ruth. Lord God. Naomi doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't understand. She's sitting in her house after the Holocaust and she's sitting in her house after the persecution and after all the stuff that's went on and there she's sitting, but she's not connected to what's happening. But the Gentile bride is going to sustain the Jewish Naomi. Praise God. The Jews brought her to us. We'll take it back to them. Notice in verse 18, and she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Now she's been so anxious, but as the day went on, you imagine now it's getting close to the setting of the sun. When the dispensation is about ready to close. And finally she hears movement outside and she goes to the door. Oh, my daughter, my daughter, I've been so worried about you. I've been so fretting. And she sees, she's taking her, her wrap around her head and she sees she's got about seven and a half gallons of barley. Now they didn't have five gallon buckets, but she had the wrap around her head. So she put all this inside of there. And here she comes and You okay? I'm more out from carrying this gospel. (laughs) Naomi looks and she says, Oh, my daughter, I've been so fretting, I've been so worried. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. Lord God. You see, Boaz gave her a personal dispensation of the parched corn and it was more than what she needed for herself. So she put it in a private place and when she came home, she not only had the seven and a half gallons of what she had reaped, but she had the personal message from Boaz himself. The 144,000 receiving the Holy Ghost. It was reserved for Naomi. (laughs) Glory! So she brings to her that which had been reserved. Reserved. Is that what your Bible says? Reserved after she was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and went in the rapture and was sufficed. Brother, sister, the rapture will suffice us. Amen. Now notice how the writer says that she took it up and went into the city and her mother-in-law saw. 
She didn't just hear, but she saw. So you imagine when Moses and Elijah stand there, they begin to preach the gospel. And out of all the millions of Jews that'll be gathered, 144,000 would be called. What will they hear? The same apostolic gospel that saved us. And they'll repent. They'll go down to the altar, make it wherever, wherever they are. They'll make an altar there. And they'll go to crying and praying. And they won't just have a dried confession, but the Bible says they'll separate from family to family. And they'll go to weeping and say, this is our brother. As Joseph's brothers did. Remember the story. Whenever Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Hallelujah. <laughs> when the dispensation of the gospel ends to the Gentile bride. It turns to the Jews and Moses and Elijah will bring them the portion that is reserved for them. They won't just become nominal Christians, but every one of them Jews will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to think about a miracle because mercy's done left the mercy seat and grace has done left the throne of God. There ain't no more grace, but God reserved this or canned it for them before mercy was lifted. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. Oh, God. How can God save the 144,000 when there's no more mercy? He reserved their portion. It's got their name on it. It's reserved for them. 12,000 out of each tribe and they'll get the same Holy Ghost that you got. Some of them may jump, some of them may shout, they may talk in tongues, I'm not sure what they'll do, but they'll get the same Spirit of God that you and I got and they'll go down in water and be baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's reserved, it's reserved. And her mother-in-law saw. And she looked at the quantity with amazement. And she showed her mother-in-law. What's in verse 19? And her mother-in-law said unto her, what's this anxiety? Listen to the questions and how she's saying this in such a rapid way. And her mother-in-law said unto her, where art thou going today? And where art thou? She didn't even give, a, give her time to answer the one question before she asked another. She's so tore up. And her mother-in-law said unto her, where art thou going today? And then where rottest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. Now this is the woman that the last time we hear of her saying anything, she's talking about how bitter she was. But Ruth had made her glad. 
woman, but she may look and thought, well, she's nothing but a deficit. It'll be hard for me to carry her around more about us. It's only going to ask more hardship. It's going to only bring more trouble. Little did she know that daughter is going to be the source of her joy. Oh, the Jews may look at us to this day and say, them bunch of Christians are all crazy. I don't understand this and understand that, but oh, glory to God. When the gospel turns from us and turns back to them, where rottest thou, we'll say, in the seven church age fields? Where have you been? We've been submerging. We've been Thyatira. We've been to Africa. We've been to India. Where have you been reaping? We've been reaping the Lord of the harvest fields. What were they doing? They were sitting there in confusion trying to understand what was going on. It was not Naomi reaping. It was not Naomi picking it up. It was Ruth. This is our time. So now she goes from being bitter to go to using these words again. Blessed. Blessed. Ain't it wonderful when you can go back to saying it? Oh, it's sad when the devil robs you joy and steals it, and then you come back and say, glory be to God. Oh, the Lord give and the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had brought. And said the man's name with whom I wrote today So Ruth introduces Naomi to her kinsman. Now shouldn't that be the other way around? Shouldn't it be Naomi introducing Ruth to the kinsman? It was Ruth's time. It was Ruth's dispensation. The light was shining on Ruth. And Ruth is going to introduce Naomi to her redeemer. Thank you, Lord. The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And who, you might say, is Boaz? Matthew chapter 1, verse 4. And Amram begat Amenadab. Amenadab begat Nason. And Nason begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Booz. Now, this is the Greek for the Hebrew Old Testament Boaz. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, which is Rahab. You see, this guy had no problem with the Gentiles in the family. Since his mama was a Gentile. (laughs) 
And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. Look at the meaning of this word, Boaz. It meaning fleetness. A wealthy Bethlehemite. A kinsman to Elimelech, husband of Naomi. And he married Ruth and redeemed the estate of her dead, deceased husband, Malon. Boaz meaning in him is strength. Strength of riches. Power. Virtue. And grace. Now you see, it wouldn't have been near as hard if Ruth would have had Matthew chapter 1 to be able to read every day. Now wouldn't that have been so comforting? If God would have just given her said, here Ruth, I want you to have this. Now it's not even wrote yet, but I'm going to let you know your, your name is in the book. And you're going to marry him, and out of you is going to come David, the great king. And down to that lineage, I'll come myself. Oh, whenever Ruth got down and weary and discouraged, she's picking up and saying, And Obed begins so and so, and Ruth praised God. Right there I am. Right there I am. Ain't, ain't no devil stopping me. My name's in the book. Well, God didn't give her that book no more than he does you and I. But somehow we have to believe by faith we've got an inner connection. It's beyond our human choice. Well, maybe what if I just decided I wanted to do this? You couldn't have. You couldn't have. You could not desire to be this way had he not placed it. And David, Jesse rather, begat David the king. I don't know if you ever noticed this or not how the Bible refers to David in this way. So unique, different than the rest of them. David, the king, not a king. David, the king. And David, the king, begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Now Bruce breaks open the mystery to Naomi. This is the man that I've been his field working. Oh, she said, he's one of our kinsmen. He's he's one of our kinsmen. Near kinsmen. Oh, Ruth. Praise God. All you need is a little bit of joy and victory and it can turn your grouchiness into praise God. That's what some of us need, I believe, a little bit this morning. <laughs> now you imagine whenever Naomi begins to see this and she says, oh, daughter, daughter, what God has done. Blessed be he. Oh, she gets all religious, don't she? Glory to God. Got the victory back. <laughs> little boy and little girl was playing church one day, and they could in an argument of which one was going to lead the service and which one was going to be the preacher. And the little boy said, it ain't right for a woman to be a preacher. 
She said, I want to preach. She said, you can't. You're a woman. So well, I want to at least testify. I want to run the service. I want to start out. So he said, go ahead. She got him and said, glory to God. I want to thank the Lord for the victory. The little boy said, you ain't got no victory. You just got your way. That's the way we are sometimes. When we get our way, we're so happy. Boy, and the Lord kind of goes contrary to our way. We piled on him, but we should want his way more than our way. Let me find a place to close here. Verse 20. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed. Well, bless her heart. She got her water back. Blessed be he of the Lord. Ah, now that other verse, she blessed him, and now she's saying, Blessed be he of the Lord. Aren't you glad God's so merciful to us and we get all out of sorts? Who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead? Look, it's just flowing out of her. It's like she had nothing to praise God for. And God takes this one Gentile woman and turns the woman's life totally around. Now she finds so much to thank God for. I love being around people like that, don't you? Boy, some people just drain the life out of you. They're just as sour, and don't ask them how they are because they are going to tell you. And two hours and 13 minutes later, you're saying, why did I even do that in the first place? Why did I say how they are? Saying, God bless you. I hope you're doing good today. Amen. I'm gone. Oh, my glory to God. Oh, children, we ought to be the type of people that we can encourage one another, that our speech is victory, our testimony is victory. Well, I'm sick today, but I'm getting better by God's grace. I'm fine in the battle, but I'm getting better by God's grace. Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, the man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. You see, as I was sitting studying last night, I consulted with my Naomi. So I I looked in the book of Exodus, chapter 25, chapter 28, Deuteronomy, book of Job. I was wanting my Naomi, my mother, to tell me about my kinsman, Redeemer. Glory to God. Oh my. This man is a near kin. Our next kinsman. Let's read this word and we'll close. Look at the meaning of the word. The Hebrew word is goel. Or goel, we would say it in English. To redeem. As a kinsman, redeemer. Avenge, revenge, ransom by marrying a brother's widow to beget a child for him, to redeem from slavery, to redeem land, to redeem by payment. So all of these are the meanings of this one word, our kinsman. Imagine when Ruth hears it, he can marry me. He can redeem my husband's land. He can redeem Naomi's land. 
we won't be slaves no more. We'll be free. When she said this, goel, this one word, goel, the whole mystery, the whole mystery was able to be revealed to Ruth in knowing I'm free. I'm free. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. Each thing that Boaz did gave her confidence. He would continue to unfold his kindness to her. Shouldn't we feel the same way? Wasn't his love that saved you? Wasn't it his love that sanctified you, that gave you the Holy Ghost? Or will he not keep you through the hardships and the trials of life? Oh, they may so difficult and so hard sometimes, and you think, Lord, what will I do? Remember what he's already done. Remember, he is faithful. When this little son coming through this genealogy of Ruth that would be born years and years later, little David, when he was going to meet the great mighty Goliath, and he stood before Saul, Saul wanted to cloak him in his armor. David tried it on out of respect. David said, I cannot use this. I haven't proved it. But David began to recall past victories of what the Lord had done in his life that built his faith to the moment. You ever notice, Brother Branham, whenever he would have prayer lines and he would start talking about people that got healed. Sister Hattie Waldrop, which was healed in 1947, she died with cancer in the heart in a prayer line. And yet Brother Branham was still referring to that miracle in 1965. Why? It would build faith in the hearts of the people. That's why Satan wants you to talk negative and defeat. Because he knows it paralyzes your faith. So you link one negative thing with another, one failure with another, one thing in your past with another, and what does that do? That builds this unbelief in your heart. Well, God, God won't do it for me. I ain't good enough. I ain't this and this. You need to shut that stuff up and start linking what he has done. By thy words thou art justified, by thy words thou shalt be condemned, thou art snared by thy words, thou art taken by thy words. Is that what the Bible says? That's right, you remember the sermon, Brother Dwight Hall, he's famous all over the message for preaching and hung by the tongue. Well, it's still true. That's right. But she began to look. Was she real yet? It really, really struck her heart? Who knows? But she could see something was happening. Something was unfolding. Oh, to believe she would be the mother of the king. Well, it's not our place to be the mother of the king. We're called to be the wife of the king. Praise God. Oh, Jesus, my redeemer. We love you today, Father. We're not even going to ask how could we find favor in your sight. <laughs> Ain't no need asking that. You just gave it to us. 
It was you who called us. It was you who dropped that tape, maybe that first book, whatever it was, by our way. Lord, as I met some of the brothers years ago in Zimbabwe, and I was asking them how the message started. And they went through the story, began to tell me about it. Someone wrote to Jeffersonville, heard the name William Branham, wrote to Jeffersonville, thought Brother Branham was still alive. Took the message, then some of them folks turned away from it. One of the brothers there had went into a public restroom. This person had left the message so they thought they'd put it where they thought it belonged, in the garbage. So they tore the book in half and left half of it in the garbage. This one brother found the bottom half of that book. It had the name Jeffersonville, Indiana on the bottom. So he didn't know. He thought maybe the books come in halves. So he wrote to Jeffersonville for the other half. Praise God. Not only did he get the other half, he started receiving a lifetime supply of food. Praise God. From the Lord of the harvest. Jesus, you've been good to us. You've been merciful. You've been kind. Encourage our hearts today to know that you've brought us thus far. You'll take us on safely, Father. Heal the sick. Encourage those that are down and weary, Father. Minister to your people today. Would you come by this way today, Lord? I don't know what you've assigned for this service, but I believe you've ordained your angels to pass through this place. Let them drop a little handful by a sick child, another handful by one facing a financial struggle, another one fighting oppression. Hallelujah to God in the name of Jesus. May we be able to open our hearts right now for that little handful. Oh Jesus, I love you, Father. I love you, Lord God, I worship you. We worship you now, Lord God. Can we just love him, saints? Oh, my Redeemer is faithful and true. I mean, as he is. Everything he has said, he
I see so many times how he's carried me through and if there's one thing I've learned in my life it's my when I read his promise there is a place that I'm preparing for you and I know I'll see my Lord face to face cause my Redeemer is faithful and true Oh, 
this morning. Hallelujah. Have you enjoyed service today? Has it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Do you appreciate the Word of God? Do you appreciate one another? Amen. Little children, love one another. Little children, I'm glad to be a child this morning, aren't you? I want you to go and have a good week. May God richly bless you. We're going to come back, Lord willing, Wednesday night. And uh, we're going to have church again. Brother Joel, God bless you. We appreciate you, my buddy. I got up here and forgot. I failed to mention one thing um, in respect to the, um, the services. Um, the family's gathering today, and uh, we get together and plan everything out. But it, it was mom's uh, wish and choice to donate her body to science. And I was talking to Brother Jewel uh, for me just the other day, and uh, he loved mom. He called her mom. He considered it, uh, her his mom. But he had said that, of course, the prophet talked about eternal life living for others. And he said, even in death, She's still living for somebody else. Yes, sir. <clears throat> and so that just encouraged my heart with that. But as of right now, we're probably looking at unless the family gets to acting crazy and y'all have families too and y'all know how they act. But uh, the 16th, which is not this Saturday, but next Saturday around 11 o'clock here at the church. Uh, but I'll just try to keep things updated, on, I guess, on the, 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 the Facebook and all that church website. But just uh, remember us in prayer. We, we love you all and God bless you. Amen. Amen. As you leave today, Brother Caleb, I love to hear this guy sing this song. Nobody can touch you when he sings this song. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Aren't you glad about that this morning? Praise the Lord. As you leave today, we're going to sing this. God bless you. Go in the fear of the Lord. As I look back on this road I've traveled, I see so many times how he's carried me through And if there's one thing I've learned in my 